Hello, welcome to the Daily Show Podcast, your podcast source for movie-related news, including movies premiering this week, box office numbers, DVD Blu-ray streaming releases, and any noteworthy developments in the movie world. It's January 12th, 2018. I'm Michael, and with me is Shannon. Hi. How'd the box office look last weekend? In first place, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, with $37 million. Wow. It dropped Star Wars out of first place, huh? Looks that way. That's a total gross of $245 million in its third week. That's got to be good. <laughs> it seems good. Uh, second place, Insidious, The Last Key, with $29 million. That's That was its opening weekend. Yep, and that looks like that's good as well, a budget of $10 million. And in third place, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, with 23, almost $24 million. It's uh, fourth weekend... And that's a total of $572 million. Still good. Yep. I thought it would keep that first place spot for a little longer. Uh, number four was The Greatest Showman, $13.7 million, with a total of $76 million. And in fifth place, Pitch Perfect 3, $10 million, total gross of $86 million in its third week. What's opening in theaters this week? The Post, a thrilling drama about the unlikely partnership between the Washington Post's Catherine Graham, played by Meryl Streep, the first female publisher of a, of a major American newspaper, and editor Ben Bradley, played by Tom Hanks, as they race to catch up with the New York Times to expose a massive cover-up of government secrets that spanned three decades and four U.S. presidents. The two must overcome their differences as they risk their careers and their very freedom to help bring long-buried truths to light. The cast also includes Alison Brie, Carrie Coon, David Cross, Bruce Greenwood, Tracy Letts, Bob Odenkirk, Sarah Paulson, Jesse Plemons, Matthew Riss, Michael Stolberg, Bradley Whitford, and Zach Wood. Yeah, it's a pretty good cast. Yeah, that's a really good cast. It's got Bruce Greenwood in it. No one, <laughs> man. And a lot of other good ones. Oh, and it looks like it's pretty doing pretty well. Tomato meters at 87%, with 200 reviews counted. Not bad. Yeah. Maybe we should go see it. But we'll probably end up seeing this other one. Paddington 2, the sequel to the original Paddington, finds Paddington happily settled with the Brown family in Windsor Gardens, where he's become a popular member of the community, spreading joy and marmalade wherever he goes. While searching for the perfect present for his beloved Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, Paddington spots a unique pop-up book in Mr. Gruber's antique shop and embarks upon a series of odd jobs to buy it. But when the book is stolen, it's up to Paddington and the Browns to unmask the thief. The film stars Ben Wishaw as the voice of Paddington with Hugh Bonneville, Sally Hawkins, Brendan Gleeson, Julie Walters, Jim Broadbent, Peter Capaldi, and Hugh Grant in live action roles. So yeah, this is apparently getting really good reviews. Right now it's at 100% fresh no with right. 117 reviews. That's not 118 insignificant. 118 already. Oh, 118. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, that's impressive, for, well, especially for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first movie being a lot more enjoyable than I expected it to be. It was really funny. Yeah, it was really cute. And, uh, yeah, so... What was that other movie that was at 100% and then it got, like, one bad review? Was that Lady Bird? Lady Bird, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if this is going to suffer the same fate or Probably. if it's going to be the only movie. It sounded like that reviewer did it out of spite, too. Hmm. He was like, well, it didn't deserve 100%. Not that it was actually 
that he thought it was a bad movie. So probably somebody will end up doing that to this too. Well, that's hope I, I don't not. think anything could stay at 100% anymore. No, probably not. So sounds like it's going to be the Empire Strikes Back of the Paddington Bear trilogy. <laughs> Maybe not as stark. I don't know. Right. Also out this week, Proud Mary. Taraji P. Henson stars as Mary, a hit woman working for an organized crime family in Boston, whose life is completely turned around when she meets a young boy whose path she crosses when a professional hit goes bad. It looks like a very action-packed movie, but yeah, no tomato meter available yet. This. Oh, that's not good. And finally, out in wide release this week, The Commuter, Michael Liam Neeson, an insurance salesman is on his daily commute home when it quickly becomes anything but routine. After being contacted by a mysterious stranger, Michael is forced to uncover the identity of a hidden passenger on his train before the last stop. As he works against the clock to solve the puzzle, he realizes a deadly plan is unfolding and is unwittingly caught up in a criminal conspiracy, one that carries life and death stakes for himself and his fellow passengers. It includes a tense conversation on a cell phone between Neeson and the villain, which I guess is a, <laughs> is a necessary reference to, reference to take it? Yeah. That's what that's what I thought of when I saw the trailer in the movie theater. It seemed like I I thought maybe it was another taken. Huh. But I don't know that it's that much like taken, but there is a scene where he's having a very Tense conversation with someone on the phone. Uh, yeah, this is—it's only got fifty-two percent. Oh no! On tomato meter right now, it's not great. It's officially rotten, although that's just a couple percentage points away from being fresh. So it's only got sixty-four reviews so yeah. far. It could—it could change, but probably not. Yeah. Thirty-four fresh, thirty rotten. Also out in limited release this week. The Insult, Lover for a Day, Saturday Church, and Freak Show. So there were a lot of news items this week. Yep. Deadline reports She's Gotta Have It star DeWanda Wise has landed a co-star role opposite Brie Larson in Captain Marvel, the Anna Bowden, Brian Fleck-directed Marvel superhero pick. She'll co-star opposite Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Jude Law, and Ben Mendelsohn. That cast is shaping up. It is. Pretty nicely. Yep. And a Snowpiercer reboot is in the works at TNT as a series starring Jennifer Connelly. The series is based on Bong Joon-ho's 2013 film of the same name about a large train that circles the frozen wasteland the Earth has become and houses what is left of the human race. It's also starring David Diggs from Hamilton, Mickey Sumner, Susan Park, Benjamin Hay, Katie McGinnis, Allison Wright, Annalise Basso, Roberto Urbina, Sheila Vand, and Lena Hall. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, I don't think I loved that movie, but... I don't think I made it through that movie and I never went back to watch it, so I don't know how it actually ends. Did the train crash or anything? Oh my god. Did I they all die? I don't remember. I really don't. But it was it was all about class, right? And it was very right. extreme. Um, and this is a reboot anyway, so whatever happens in the movie, I guess, doesn't necessarily matter. It could be good, but I don't know if... It, um, I don't know. I def so I'd definitely television. be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. If we have nothing else to watch. When, when do we ever have nothing else to watch? Never. <laughs> 
Variety reports Apple is developing a new original drama series entitled Are You Sleeping? starring Octavia Spencer. Created and written by Nichelle Tramble Spellman, the series will be produced by Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine and Charnin and Endeavor content. The series is based on Kathleen Barber's novel of the same name, which gives a glimpse into the obsession with true crime podcasts and challenges its viewers to consider the consequences when the pursuit of justice is placed on a public stage. Sarah Koenig, the creator and producer behind true crime podcast Serial, will consult on the series. Well, that's interesting. Um, isn't Reese Witherspoon involved in the other show that Apple, like their yes. first show? Yeah. Hmm. I guess her production company is involved. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to be in this or anything. Yeah, it just as produced, but still, I mean, involvement in some capacity. But also, uh, Sarah Koenig involved. There hasn't been a new serial in a while, right? It's been like two years since the second season. Hasn't been that long. Yeah, it has. I keep checking every so often, and nothing is really firmed up as far as what season three is going to be about. Anyway. Sounds interesting though, right? Yeah. Amblin Television and Warner Brothers Animation have just announced an Animaniacs reboot will be coming to Hulu. They've confirmed two seasons and Pinky and the Brain will be making appearances in each episode. It's not set to premiere until 2020, however. Additionally, all episodes of the original Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, and Pinky and the Brain are on Hulu currently. And the other thing, and the other thing I was wondering about was whether any of the original voice cast would be involved in this. And there isn't any definite word yet, but I looked at Rob Paulson, who played uh, Yakko on the show, and also Pinky. A lot of people were asking him things like that, and he was giving really cagey responses, like uh, somebody said, "Are you involved with the new Animaniacs episodes, or can you?" not say so yet and he said wouldn't that be something so i'm wondering if he actually is going to be involved which would be you know nice if they were not just completely recasting everybody i know uh he's been pushing for it for a while for a reboot seems like it's one of his favorite shows because he's been involved in a lot of well it was such a good show i loved that i watched it all the time I, I really hope they do a good job and we can watch it with the kids. And then maybe they'll reboot Tiny Toons as well. They don't need to do that. Do no, they do. That's. I don't want to watch that. I mean, that was for just for kids and, you know, the kids could watch that. But Animaniacs was like, it had like a broader appeal. It had. It I had... think Tiny Toons had a broader appeal than you're remembering. I mean, there was an episode where somebody dressed up as Columbo. I mean, kids wouldn't know who that was. <laughs> I recognized it, but uh, I don't. I don't know. We might have all known who Columbo was at that point. No. They wouldn't. Know, kids now wouldn't know. Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. During a Q&A with Television Critics Association, CFX CEO John Landruff confirmed that Fargo creator Noah Hawley is developing a fourth season, which the network expects to be ready for 2019. So, no details, but. It's just nice to know that show's coming back for a fourth season because it's a really good show. You know, I I looked at that article and it almost seemed like it wasn't even necessarily definite. Like, Noah Hawley said something like, oh, you know, I'd like to do another one, but I also want to make sure I have a really good idea. So, I mean, hopefully, but I don't know. You know, that it's expected to be next year. 
Well, because the CEO said it, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's also possible that nothing could ever come of it. Right. It's not. Yeah. For sure. And a Flight of the Concord special is in the works at HBO. Jermaine Clement mentioned the project at the Television Critics Association Winter Press Tour. HBO confirmed that there's development on something for Flight of the Concords, but they added the deals are not fully in place. We'll hopefully have new news when we'll be back in touch. So, I mean, I really enjoyed that series. It was only two seasons, yeah, but it was really funny. Short. Yeah, Yeah, this is one I really think would be great. Like, they've been doing so many revivals of shows, and a lot of them, I've said before, I don't think they, they had nine seasons. They don't really need anything more, but this show was two seasons, very short, could totally use some more content. Yep, I'd like to see a news radio revival, I think. Yeah, but... It, it wouldn't have Phil Hartman. But the fifth season didn't have Phil Hartman. That show and wasn't... And it wasn't very good. It was comparatively. still... Comparatively, no, but it was still good. I think with some time... I mean, the rest of that cast was really strong and really funny. I think yeah. the show could come back. I mean, Phil Hartman was, was important. was a big part of it. But like, it was still Dave Foley's show. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Maybe. So the managing editor at Fandango, Eric Davis, tweeted on January 10th, Big news this morning. Black Panther sold more advanced tickets on Fandango in its first 24 hours than any other MCU movie, besting previous record holder Captain America Civil War. Long live the king. So, yeah, I was surprised at that so fast. It uh, beat Captain, Captain America Civil War. But, um... Upon some further reading of the article in Deadline, it it says, like, that doesn't always correlate to the opening weekend sales. Right now, they're still just estimating 80 to 85 million, possibly as high as 100 million for its opening weekend, whereas Captain America Civil War opened to 179 million back in 2016. Still impressive, though. Yeah. That they sold so many in 24 hours. Yeah, is that coming out in the summer, in May? It's coming uh, no, out sooner, this year. Like February. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's hope it does good. It looks really uh, exciting. I think people are, are constantly making cracks and jokes about how we're all tired of comic book movies, that that's all there is to see, but they've obviously still got a big draw. Like, they're they're topping all the box offices, you know, they're the top movies, mostly. Yeah, I mean, I think people still want to see them. Yeah, I don't think anybody's really... I and mean, there's a lot of other types of most movies. Most people are not tired of them yet. Right. And also, Variety is reporting that Marvel is finally pushing ahead with a highly anticipated Black Widow standalone movie starring Scarlett Johansson with Jack Schaefer penning the script. Sources say it's still very early development. The film has no green light, but naming a writer is the closest the studio has come to moving forward on the standalone picture. So that's exciting news. Should have happened um, already. Yeah, I mean... Everybody likes that character. I expected a standalone movie for her, and I expected a standalone movie for Hawkeye as well. I mean, because they're both kind of big mm-hmm. actors, you would think yeah. they would get. Plus, in a standalone movie, they would. I feel like the characters would do better because like, they, they're they so uh, right. outmatched by the huge, you know... People with superpowers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I want to see one. So they, we'll have to keep it. an eye on it 
see if anything actually comes of it. So an adaptation of George R.R. R. Martin's 1980 haunted starship novella Night Flyers has received the green light to begin production, with Jeff Buller penning and producing the series alongside showrunner Daniel Cerrone. The cast includes Boardwalk Empire star Gretchen Maul, The Night Shifts, Ian Mackin, and more. Oh, sounds interesting. Have you read that? I haven't. The only thing I've read of his are the uh, Game of Thrones books. Oh, okay. Well, so, this is just a novella. Maybe you should uh, check it out. Yeah. I mean, I guess it. there's no chance of it being overcome by the series if there's only one of them. And it's from 1980. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I think he's done with it, hopefully. Hopefully. And finally, according to Collider, a Kitty Pride solo movie is being developed by Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool for Fox. Pride's a mutant with the ability to phase or become intangible, which allows her to pass through solid objects, disrupt electromagnetic fields, and levitate. Ellen Page previously portrayed the character in X-Men The Last Stand and also Days of Future Past. Um, so this one is also still pretty early on, and... Um, Did it say at all whether she would play the... Ellen Page? Yeah. I don't think so. I, uh, probably not. Right. Um, but it's also... I don't know how this will factor into the whole Disney purchasing thing either. Huh. If this does come about, would, is this something that would be rolled into the Marvel Universe? Or would it still be a standalone, you know? I don't know that they can take the current X-Men movies and put them in Marvel Universe. They'd probably have to reboot everything. But, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I probably wouldn't mind doing that. No. I mean, Hugh Jackman is done with the character anyway with right. Wolverine, so I, I it mean, might be time to... I mean, started... 2000. So many years ago. Yeah. All the actors are getting older, and yeah. I mean, how many times have they rebooted Spider-Man? They don't mind rebooting things. Getting younger actors. Correct. And now let's take a sponsor break. Hey, do you like puzzles that are impossible to solve? Not really. We'll get a Rubik's Cube then. Rubik's Cube. You'd have to be a magician to solve this puzzle. Netflix has a couple of originals coming out tonight. Disjointed Part 2, Somebody Feed Phil, The Polka King, and Tom Segura Disgraceful. Also out on Netflix, The Conjuring, Captain Underpants, Episodes... Season 1 to 5. Because we just bought Captain Underpants. That's alright. <laughs> Amazon got A Ghost Story, Capricorn 1, Free Willy, and tonight will premiere Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, Season 1. I guess we have another new series to watch. Yes, we do. On Stars, Mission Impossible, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Annie, Doubt, Lucky Number Slevin. Hulu got... Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Tiny Toons. FX got The Gambler, Jurassic World, Man of Steel, and Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. And last week we ran two polls on our Twitter account, uh, and each one got some responses. So the first one was, what has been the best Aaron Sorkin film so far? A Few Good Men, The Social Network, Moneyball, and Steve Jobs. And... A Few Good Men got 44%. The Social Network got 56%. Moneyball and Steve Jobs both got zero. Wow. I'm surprised. I thought people really liked Moneyball. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, but The Social Network had my vote. 
had mine as well. So slightly ahead of a few good men, 56%. Our other poll was what company would you most like to see Apple purchase? Netflix, Disney, Hulu, or not any of the above? Not any of the above ran away with it. Yeah, 55%. So I guess that means they don't want Apple to buy anything. Apple likes to buy companies. Not usually big, huge ones like these, though. They like to buy little things. Yeah. So Hulu came in second place with 27%, and Netflix with 18%. Zero for Disney. Disney. That's... I guess people think Disney's doing fine. Yeah, Hulu got my vote because it's got a terrible interface, and I'm sure that Apple would fix that. You really do hate that interface. (laughs) I really do. I really do. And Netflix does kind of seem fine on its own. I I worry about Apple buying that. I kind of like Netflix the way it is. Yeah. So for this week's poll, what do you think about the news that Marvel may finally be developing a Black Widow movie? Great success. It's about time. I do not care. I am displeased. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good poll. Um, yeah, it's about time, I think, for me. Yeah, probably it's about time for me as well. Um, so you can vote on that poll on Daily Show Pod on Twitter, and we will discuss the results next week. And also, I want to say thanks to our friends at the Random Chatter Network, randomchatter.com, for checking out our show and giving it a shout-out this week on their RC News Roundup show. They've got a bunch of great shows on their network, so you should be sure to check them out. Thank you. Thank you. And that's our show. If you have any feedback, you can email us at feedback at dailyshow.com. Our Facebook page is Daily Show. Our Twitter account is Daily Show Pod. Our website is dailyshow.com. Hope you enjoyed the show and talk to you next time. May the force of others be with you.